What's going on guys? Great podcast today. We have top 20 under 40 winner to kick off the top 20 under 40 series. Kenny Hirsch has an unbelievable story from being born on the kitchen floor to being paralyzed to being one of the top real estate agents on Long Island. You're not going to want to miss it. Yeah, kid. Welcome back to, the, back to another episode of Smells Like Captain and Handsome. I'm your host, Charles Weinrub, a.k.a. The Handsome Home Buyer, a.k.a. Captain Permit, a.k.a. <laughs> Better. Better. You're there. You're like, you're like 95% there. By next week, we'll be 100% back. Uh, obviously, this podcast and every podcast is sponsored by... Sarazola Cardinal Financial. Marcus, he's the fucking man, bro. Good dude. He is the man. He's also he's 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 another he's another deviant. Yeah. Uh, in, in the best way possible. Um, but market getting a little funky, right? Still good, still there. Put out four houses last week, four houses the week before. All of them have offers. Most of them are gone. But the financing part of everything is getting a little 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 dicey. Absolutely. So you got to make sure if you're an investor, you're a realtor. It doesn't matter. You have to have somebody, whether it's Sal, it should be Sal. If not, somebody like Sal checking over every offer that comes in the door. Because otherwise, like I had fucking three deals fall apart in one week that were like 60, 90 days. Yeah. Because the people, and dude, one guy lost his, uh, one guy lost his freaking down payment. He had a commitment, full-blown commitment and everything. Yeah. So super important. Obviously, Captain Permit. You need permits coast to coast, tip to tip. And by that, I mean from Montauk to the Queens Long Island border. We got you, 516-513-8838. And obviously, you know, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, it's dated from the 1960s, <laughs> six inches of mold on the wall, human waste floating past the basement steps. I'm here, I'm quick, I'm easy, I'm a good time. There he is. There he is. <laughs> I want to buy it. All right, so. Wait, I didn't ask you, are you Jewish? No. Really? Yeah. With the last name Hirsch? Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, my mom's 100% Italian and my dad is uh, half Italian, half German. Really? Yeah. Well, Italians and Jews are the same. Yeah, sort of. My mother's 100. <laughs> See? And you know what somebody told me the other day? Because I say that shit all the time. Because my mother's 100% Sicilian. My father's half Russian, half Polish, and I converted. And then I don't know who it was. There was this older lady who I was talking to on this radio show, like maybe like six months ago. Levy, you remember that lady? We went to that, we went to uh, oh, do that yes. interview. Yes, yes. And I'm in there and I'm like, yeah, Italian Jews are the same. She goes, you ever notice that Jews are the only ones that say the Jews and the Italians are the same? The Italians <laughs> never say, oh, the Jews no. and the Italians are the same. And I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. I think she's right. <laughs> so Kenny Hirsch, everybody, recently um, switched to, where were you, where were you before? Now you're with Compass. Where were you before? Rice Realty. You were with Rice Realty. Yep. Small boutique real estate. Small boutique in Belport Village. David Rice, shout out to you. One of the best mentors. I was there for just shy of five years. Um, and it was a great, great experience and a huge stepping stone into obviously my, my real estate career. So five years in the business. Just one top 20 under 40, which this actually kicks off the top 20 under 40 tour. Mm -hmm. I have all the people, all the top 20 under 40s on the podcast awesome. every single year. Yeah. Last year we did it virtual. Now we can do it in person, which is pretty cool. And um, last year, 55 houses. The mm -hmm. year before? 45. 45. The year before? 39. The year before? <laughs> 33. And first year of the business? 24. Three or twenty-four, all by yourself, all by myself. No team, no team, no assistant, no assistant. And you're pretty fucking calm, bro. Yeah. Like I am, I am wound up all the time. I'm just like, bro, we got deal. I, like, I feed off your energy, though. So 
Dude, I don't know how you're doing it. Like we have like 67 houses under construction on the market. It's fucking pure chaos. And every day I'm just like, how the hell are we gonna try to wrangle this thing as best as possible? It's uncontrollable. How the hell are you selling a house a week? Like when you think about it like that, you're like, ah, house a week, not a big deal. But for all intents and purposes, you probably have between listed and under contract to be sold, I would estimate an average of 15 houses active at any given moment. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's about right, yeah. Which is home inspections, following up, you know, taking offers, open houses, you know, on top of talking to people that you're trying to obviously bring in new business, following up because Lord knows it's never that easy. You never get the call or sometimes, but rarely you ever get the call like, hey, Kenny, I'm ready to list. All right, cool, come over, that's it. No, it's like, come over, you talk to them, you CMA, it's six months later of you torturing them before you get the (laughs) listing, right? Absolutely. So what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Uh, It's a great question. I. I don't know, you know, I'm I'm so passionate about what I do. I just, I stay calm. I obviously work till uh, all hours of the night uh, sometimes, which is probably not good, but you know, for the most part, I'm- Give, give, me, give me the rough, rugged and raw, bro. <laughs> you're, you're giving me the presidential answer right now. Yeah. All right, you want the real version? I want the, I want the real version. <laughs> um, there are some stressful days, but I grind, <laughs> <laughs> but I grind my ass off. And I, again, I really, I truly love what I do. And I, it's, it's just, I, I love it. I mean, it's just in my DNA. Sales are in my DNA. Helping people is in my DNA. I just absolutely love it. And from the second I wake up, I'm just grinding, grinding, grinding. As every realtor says, we're putting out flames and fires every day and that's truly the case um again i would call my broker almost every few hours with some kind of like holy shit this has gone wrong this buyer backed out this seller is backing out um inspection went terrible it was three and a half hours inspector sucked um but you know it's it's the nature of the business and that's where um so obviously you've had consistent growth over the last five years and in a in an um, ascending market. Obviously, things are going to change if not drop a little plateau. But I don't think that means a lot, you know, for realtors. I think there's people that are still going to be selling houses. So I don't think that yeah. really impacts right. anything other than, let's say, possible days on market, depending yeah. on how aggressive people get on pricing. Where's the business coming from? What are you doing? <laughs> I get that. That's a another awesome question. I get that question um, probably on a weekly basis from other realtors. They slide into the DM and say, I just need to know your secret sauce. What do you do? How do you generate so much business? I, and I'll say this now, I do not advertise at all. I've never spent a dollar on Instagram, Facebook. Net, uh, occasionally I do direct mailers after, you know, I sell a few houses in a neighborhood. Door knocking? Never door knocking. Cold knocked, calling. Never cold calling. You're just handsome and charming with a dynamite <laughs> smile and a good fucking head of hair. And because of that, they just come to you? It's all my, I'm very fortunate to, I have a, such a large network of friends and family and i work the sphere and i just it that's what that is my best advice is truly just drilling it into every friend and family that you are you're an agent you do this full time and you are going going to devote your undivided attention to them and that's i think that's what i've done best and i just constantly drill it into folks whether it's on social media or in person and um that's really my secret sauce, I, believe it or not. That's, 
It's no, just, it makes sense. I, uh, ironically, I just, I had Gino Marino in here last week. You know Gino Marino? Yeah. First of all, best fucking name in the business. Yeah. Gino Marino. Gino Marino. <laughs> I know. Super Italian, right? Great head of hair also. Now I'm starting to think like, so I think we need to put together a real estate rat pack. I said it to him. I was like, bro, we need a real estate rat pack. Yeah. I'm like, what's it going to look like? And you sitting here, I'm like, you're in. <laughs> so the rat pack is obviously, what was it, five people? All right, so there's five people in the real estate rat pack. It was like Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, and two other people. I don't know who the fuck they were. But we need a real estate rat pack, like a go out and party five guy real estate rat pack. So Patrick Dempsey, maybe. I don't know. It's Patrick Dempsey. Oh, in the, <laughs> no, he's he's too young. Yeah, oh, it was like old, bro. It's like fifties. Oh, you're going back to the fifties? No, it's just yeah, Sinatra. Sinatra oh, yeah. was in the rat pack. My daughter loves Sinatra, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, loves it. Do you love Sinatra? Um, I was gonna say, how did you do it? She, her mom plays for her. Yeah, absolutely loves it. Shout out to little baby Ruby, cutest thing ever. So, I'm assembling the real estate rat pack. I think it's gonna be right now. I think it's me, you, if you if you're into it. Yeah, yeah. Gino Marino. Mm -hmm. I like Peter Grosso. He's a yeah. He he yeah. He would be very fitting. Yeah, I just I feel like we need one more person. Like Peter is like Sopranos. Yeah, Sopranos, yeah. big Jack yeah. guy. Everybody loves him. If who there's else, ever a problem. Who else would be another good fit? I'm trying to think of the squad. Just think about it. But what do you think of the real estate rat pack? I think it's a great idea. I think it would be an absolute <laughs> menacing force. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 four out of five. By the end of the summer, we need to have like we need to have it all together. Good. All right, let's. I can't wait till this comes. Any to, uh, anybody fruition. in the in the real estate world. So it could be it could be lenders, it could be realtors, it could be investors, it could be brokers, whatever it is. But we're 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 short. So anybody out there feel that they should be in the real estate rat pack? We got one spot open. Shoot me a DM. <laughs> Let me know. Bill Schweigler, you Italian stallion? Maybe I don't who's, know. Who's Schweigler? So Schweigler is uh, is Sal's good friend. He is my preferred lender. He works for United. Okay. Um, but he, him, and I have a phenomenal dynamic duo. We and that's also where I re, he reciprocate. I give him a lot of business. He gives me a lot of business. So nice. we have that's a good. great thing going for the last four and a half years. So word on the street is I, I've I've heard it for you and I have been trying to pull this do this podcast for a while. Yeah. And you're like, bro, I got a crazy story, and I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> and then you you fl- you bail on me or get busy or whatever. Life happens, Life right? Life happens. So now I saw you at Top 20 Under 40 where you took it home. And I was like, dude, we're doing this. And you're like, all right, time, place, yeah. done. So supposedly you have a crazy story that dates back to actual childbirth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you started telling me a little bit off camera. I'm like, oh. <laughs> hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold yeah. it. Let the, uh, let, let the world hear it. So let the world hear it. Yeah, so um, from the time I was born, I landed on the kitchen floor. Uh, <laughs> so I might have knocked a few screws loose, but uh, my mom couldn't hold it. My father wasn't around. Fuck. Grandpa was there, and they just uh, delivered right on the floor, cut the cord. and Right there? Right there, yeah. Where was this? Uh, in Patchogue, Falcon Avenue. Okay, so you grew up in Patchogue. Yeah, I grew up in Patchogue, yeah. Got it. Um, and yeah, that was... Yeah, that was the first, uh, my first debut. And then uh, where else do I go with it? I'll, make, I'll try to truncate the story and make a long story short. Um, at five years old, my father left for prison um, for 
basically 20 years. Um, oh, this is a story, huh? Oh, this is a wild story. Holy shit. So we apartment hopped from five to 12. My mom is a, she's a, literally a saint, a superwoman. Um, we apartment hopped a bunch. Uh, within that time, I met my best friend, Russ. Shout out to Russ Barone, best dude. Um, I would, uh, and Chip Barone, I met him at eight years old. He was racing BMX bikes. They got me into racing at Shoreham. Um, like racing where you like the jumps, yeah, all that stuff. Have you ever been out to Shoreham Wading River? No. no okay. Uh, it's Bro, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a Nassau guy. <laughs> Shoreham oh, River right, might yeah. as well be like Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I got into racing and then racing, you know, Chip would drive, Russ's dad, Chip, would drive us all over the nation. You know, we'd go and then we'd compete and, and we would do very well. Uh, moved on up to expert. That's like the highest class you could be in with within your age. Um, and then racing kind of parlayed into X Games type stuff, tricks and whatnot. And we we probably stopped racing at it like 14, 15 and just got into like trails, street, dirt. Um, and that's when I started picking up some sponsors, started winning amateur contests. Um, amateur, what type of contests? Like, uh, like trick? skate parks, tricks, yep. Okay, so you're you're dirt doing jumps, you're doing half pipes, half pipes, dirt jumps at Jones Beach or um, South Street Seaport. Yeah, there was always these contests and like backflips. Yeah, all that stuff. You ever done 360s? a backflip? Of course. Yeah. Um, what is the process like to learn how to do that shit? You do it to the. You need a foam pit. You do it at the foam yeah. pit. So Woodward Camp in Pennsylvania is great for that. Um, or Incline Club used to be in Jersey. Shout out to Scotty Kramer. Um, that was an amazing place that they're dirty as hell, but they're, you know, like imagine all that sweat just soaking into foam pads. Um, but it's the best place to learn it. Or Resi, they have like soft landing box jumps where um, I, don't, I never liked them. I, I, I truly don't like backflips at all. I would do more, I like to go high, go fast, some stylish tricks. Um, but within, let me take it back a step, within my riding career, I've broken 55 bones, airlifted twice, Jaw wired shut. Um, yeah. You really liked it, didn't you? Oh, I was yeah. not getting hurt, but I was actual... a pure adrenaline junkie. Like whatever, whatever. If I was in a car, go kart, whatever it was, I, you know, I, I growing up, I played baseball, hockey, um, basketball. I just I needed to go fast. I needed to do everything at full, you know, full throttle, and um, I loved it. Yeah, like it was just so broken bone, no big deal. I'm back. Exactly, and then. Um, first year of first year of college um it, it was just i was just you know i would travel a lot for riding and it you was go? Just, i just went to suffolk just okay. for a business degree and because i was traveling and i just kind of i knew my fo i knew my path was in you know with bmx and i was just like i also just wanted a, a degree and then there was a turn of events i in my downtime of not riding bmx bikes I started rate, like riding YFC 450s, quads. Those things are fucking big. And they were gnarly at the time. It was the fastest quad out. Um, yeah. And long story short, I was jumping a big jump. I flipped over, uh, landed directly on my head. The quad landed on me, blacked out, woke up, and it honestly felt, uh, the, you know, mind you, this is like 8.30 at night. It felt like, my someone severed my head. All I could feel was my lips and my tongue. That's that's the only thing I could feel. Um, and I could you speak? It, and it, 
I could speak barely. I was covered in by the full face helmet on goggles. Um, some folks I was with took the helmet off and I was all bloody, of course. And that was the first time it hit me that, holy shit, I never once thought about paralysis. And I was like, wow, I'm paralyzed. Wow. So the folks I was with uh, gently took my helmet off. Uh, they were freaking out. They were a little bit, I was, how old at the time, 17, 18. They were, they were like 23. Um, we had to get a fire truck in there. We were in the, in the woods out east. Fire truck pulled me out, uh, got my third helicopter ride. Were you starting birth. freaking out? A little, um, but I, you know, I was always resilient. I always bounced back. I always knew like, hey, this is just an injury. I'm going to come back. But it started to hit me that this is, you know, a little bit more serious. Um, I got Stony Brook, family was there, girlfriend at the time was there, her family, the Anellos, shout out to you guys. Um, <laughs> they, right before they wheeled me in for surgery, the doctor said like, this is very, we're gonna do our best, but this is a very severe, tragic accident. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't know what the outcome will be. So I had surgery right away. On your neck or your back? On my neck. Back, I, I broke T5 in my back. They left that alone, but I shattered C3 vertebrae in my neck, which is ridiculously high. Um, so I had surgery right away. I've In my neck now, I have cadaver bone for C3. Uh, I have a plate, five titanium bolts, all fused together from two to four. Um, see the scar right there if you want. Yeah, yeah. That, they um, went in the front, right? Yeah. <gasps> and yeah, it was wicked. And then, you know, I was very, I was on morphine drip and steroids for a week. I, I They had, Stony Brook said they've never seen, I have so much love and support for all my friends and, and sponsors and family. It was insane. They would pour in the hospital. I, again, I, was, I couldn't even, wasn't even coherent the first week. I just, I just so, on so many drugs. Um, I had a collapsed lung, I could barely speak. And the, the surgeon came in and told me that I, you know, I suffered a, a severe spinal cord injury and I would probably never walk again and have upper gross upper body movement. And I, I flipped out. I could barely flip out, but I flipped out. Um, and I told him, no, like I'm, I'm going to walk again. So, uh, I was at Stony Brook for about four to five weeks. I then got shipped off to Kessler in New Jersey, where Christopher Reeves was great inpatient rehabilitation center, um, for all like you know, athletes and heavy, heavy duty spinal cord injuries. Um, I met some phenomenal people there. I've seen, I've heard the craziest stories from boyfriend and girlfriend wrestling on a rug, slipped, girlfriend fell, broke her neck. Obviously a lot of uh, football injuries, diving into pools, broken necks, gunshots. Um, yeah, you, you see it all. And it was like, it was like a college, I was in a room with four people screaming, you know, it, was the, it can be depressing, um, but I, I just would stay up every night and like focus on, you know, moving any limbs, toes, fingers. You know, you have to kind of drown out the noise in, in the background. Like people were. So you would sit up. Commit suicide. You would sit up like. Or, Not even sit up. I couldn't even. I didn't even have a. Course, meaning, so. like you would be yeah. awake all night, just sitting, trying to move. Trying to move. I didn't move a damn thing. I could shrug my shoulders. That was it. Um, so I, I would just focus, I would stare at my toes. I would try to just pull my leg back, everything. And, you know, they would work me out, um, a lot in therapy, OT and PT all every day. And 
after I guess it was like a month, a month or two being there, I finally flicked my big toe. Um, actually, my best friend said Chip Russ, uh, Chip. Um, he plucked a hair on my big toe, and I felt it, and that was a huge sign, like that I have feeling at a you know in such a in a lower extremity, and then I would just focus, and I and I started flicking. Uh, flicking it a bit and then i was able to like pull my bicep in um i couldn't i didn't have a tricep but i could pull my bicep in it was like piecing a puzzle together and then you know it was crazy and, and then therapy saw you know they saw a little light and they worked the shit out of me and i would i would just they i had extra time in there i would grind 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 i was super determined and finally um after five months, I walked out of there in a walker. Wow. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, yeah, it was crazy. And again, all the support from uh, the Anellos there, my family, my mom and sister, they were there constantly. My grandpa, Russ and Chip and Annette, the Barones, all everyone was just my sponsors, Robbo, everyone flew in, all my friends. I can't thank everyone enough. And I think that that truly helped. I mean, I, it, it was a dark place, but I, you know, had to pull out with flying colors and certainly did. <laughs> and then so just to fast forward, and then I went to outpatient therapy at St. Charles for two years. Um, and then after after about two years, I was independent enough to to kind of be on my own again. I started getting back back into the rhythm. Um, I thank thankful for Dean at, at Long Island Bikes. I went back to work. Um, wow! So basically, your total recovery time from date of accident to date, where you kind of resumed normal, yeah. like you normalcy. Know, work. Yeah, two and a half years. Probably two and a half years, and then yeah, I, I went back to the bike shop where, um, you know, that's where my I I didn't I left that part out. I started working there at twelve. Uh, Dean was very. Um, you know, he, he was a gr great guy, another great mentor, father-like figure in my life. He gave me a job at 12. I used to work for McDonald's or bike parts. I didn't care. And then I started getting paid probably at 14, 15. Um, but uh, then I went back to the bike shop, started helping customers. It was tough, you know, um, but it, it was, it, I needed to do it. And it was very good for me. And then finally, once all, once I, a few years have gone by. I pursued my dream, and my best friend Russ and I uh, packed up, and we moved to California. We oh, drove yeah? across country. Yeah. I did the same thing. Nice. Yeah, it was 2010 for me. We lived in Long Beach. Okay. Um, Your dream was to live in California. I always want. You know, while I was young, it's I always a fucking wanted wacky to. place, right? It's very. It's. Did you like yeah. it? <laughs> I liked certain things about it. Um, it is a gorgeous place. There's certainly some pretentious people, but there's also some great people, some great sites. Where did you live in California? Long Beach. Okay, LA. so um, yeah, I lived in Mission Beach, San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did the same thing during my, uh, when I graduated from college, I'm like, fuck, I'm growing up, I need to run away from home. <laughs> Plus I was I was a surfer, like I competitively surfed around I was, here. I didn't know that, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so I was like, I used to go to Hawaii every year and surf for three weeks on the North Shore. And, I was like, I want to move to California. I did not like California. I know. I Amazing know. So place. Like, it's a beautiful place. It is. And the weather, you have everything there, whatever. But like, traffic is a 
Uh, LA's a different bitch. animal. Yeah, LA's, is, LA's yeah. a different animal. But um, yeah, I wasn't. Um, it wasn't for me, but that's interesting. Yeah. So I and I, you know, that I I landed one a job that I've always wanted there with uh, volume and demolition. I was an inside outside sales rep. It's a big bike company. Um, I I did pretty well there. We lived there for about a year or so, a year, and then I moved back. I worked from home, and then I realized I just didn't want to be in a basement by myself working. So then I got a job at an advertising agency, Wylan. Um, I was there for four and a half years, brought in a bunch of Fortune 50 to 500 companies. Their niche was print. Um, and I traveled around, pitched to companies, and it was good. I loved it. That was a, that definitely. You don't have a fear of rejection, do you? Never. And that definitely. Cry uh, always from like, from birth? Yeah, yeah. You know, I would say I never, no. Okay, you, just, you didn't care. If I wanted it, I, I made it happen. And, you know, not, not, I'm not talking finance, like my mom wasn't, she couldn't really support us financially. She had the hardest, hardest time growing up, but that's why I started working at such an, a young age and quickly learned the value of a dollar. And, um, and I, that shaped me to who I am today. And I, I, I'm not, I don't regret the pet, like, you know, I don't regret my dad leaving. I don't have a relationship with him now, but do I- Do you have a relationship with him now? I don't. You don't? I don't. Um, Chip, Russ's dad is my, he's my man. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it made me who I am today. And I, and I think it, thanks mom. I think it made me a good person. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. So then, you know, I worked in advertising, did well there. And then I just, again, I, after four and a half years, I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to be micromanaged anymore. I didn't want, I, I didn't, I just kind of wanted to have a little bit more freedom, get into real estate. They said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sell houses. They yeah, said, yeah, it's that, easy. They yeah, said you have plenty You'll of make tons of money. They said, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I got my license. I, I just quit. I went to American real estate school, got my license, that two week crash course. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just, that's where my, my career started. And then I started interviewing at like, you know, bigger companies, Douglas Elliman, this, that. And I just, I realized I wanted a small boutique feel. I wanted hands-on training. I want to be out in the field. I didn't want to watch videos. Um, and again, shout out to David Rice. He, he took me under his wing and I learned a lot from him. And, um, and I did, and I, I did well, I did well. And I, I loved, loved what I did and I still love what I do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that was my life in a nutshell. It's pretty uh, wild, but I'm here grinding and and a part of the, the recent switch um, to Compass, you know, it's a very, it's an amazing company, very tech driven, you know, they're forward thinking for sure. And I thought about my future and I, you know, I don't know what I've been injured now for, geez. 16, 17 years and life is certainly, you know, I'm, I'm getting a bit tighter. That's why winners aren't the best for me. Um, I was going to ask you like, how do you, how do you physically feel in like a day to day? Um, tight and shout out to my therapist, Russ Tavares. He's the best dude. Um, I have to, you know, I try to see him as much as I can. I get tight. My muscles get tight, my biceps, my quads, especially cold weather. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, you know, I don't know where the next 10 years will, will, what it will bring for me. And that's why I'm kind of thinking I just, I needed to build a foundation, even 
more than I've laid out. And I just want to potentially start a team. Um, you know, I want to be able to kind of not take it, not take a step back, but I just want to, I want to build a, a, a team that I could in 10 years, if I want to have a well-oiled machine of just assassins, you know, killing it like myself. And that's what I want. I just, I want, I want the opportunity for referrals in every state, you know, so there, that's what brought no, it makes change sense. Up. I mean, listen, you bust your ass when you're, when you're young and I still think we're young, right? I'm yeah. 42. I think I'm young. I'm 35. Yeah. I think that's young. Yeah, absolutely. Right? 38 is the age where like shit starts to go wrong. So you yep. got a couple more years. Yeah. You don't have any ear hair, right? No. That's one of those things that happens yeah. at 38. Sorry, hair. I started getting some grays, but. Nah, that's okay. Yeah. There are people that like 19 that have grays, yeah. bro. I'm going to embrace the salt and pepper, I think. Nah, nah, you're good. All right. Bro, you have hair. Yeah, I still have hair. That's it. Yeah. Like you're, you're <laughs> straight. But no, there was, a, I worked at Kenneth Cole when I was a kid and there was a 19 year old kid who was full, full on gray head of hair. So that doesn't, at that 19, doesn't count. Wow. But full gray. But, um, yeah, no, like three years from now, you're going to be in the mirror, in the bathroom, you'd be like, is that a fucking ear hair? And you're going to call me. You'd be like, handsome. It, you, it happened. You were right. I want that call. I can't wait. Yeah. A little tickle on me and shit. <laughs> but you, uh, you know, you break your ass when you're, when you're young to learn. And then you get to a point where it's like, not that you like want to slow down and you're tired, but you just realize like, bro, like, can I go at this pace forever? And then, um, you know, you, you, you become more efficient. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, um, I was very fortunate to meet a, uh, like a legitimate billionaire, uh, two weeks ago and sit with him for like six hours wow. going, uh, going over a bunch of different things that we have going on. And his thing was, he goes, you know, I became investment banking. I was, you know, the number one broker at the firm. But then I realized what is that going to do? He's like, but if I taught everybody in the firm how to do what I did and I took a little piece of all of it. Yeah. I could be way, way bigger and my hands could go further and yep. I could live forever. So it makes sense. It's kind of the the trajectory that I'm heading on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I give you so much credit, man. I mean, listen, there are so many people that are that I come into contact with every day that are complaining about trivial things in life. Yeah. There's a go um, on. <laughs> you know, obviously the accent, everything you've been through puts things in perspective. I, 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 I don't know how you do it, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank shit. you. Are you, are you still at the point where are you continuing to progress and physically get better or you're, you're at like where you're going to be and you're, you're maintaining or how is, how does that work? Yeah. Kind of what I was just saying. I, I think as years go by, I, I did, you know, for the first 10 years, I, it was just a, an uphill climb, but yeah. I, I did see progression now. I think as I'm getting older, you know, as naturally one would get a little bit tighter as I get older. And again, I've broken so many bones. Um, I think I'm starting to get a little bit tighter and that's why I want to shift a little focus, yeah. go back, you know, focus on my health, go back to therapy a bunch. I try to go to the gym here and there, uh, but therapy is stretching is, is key for me. Um, that's so, why I have a whole home regimen. And so in building a team, right? Because, you know, I always have this, this thing that I, you may or may not have heard, I call it broker beef. You ever heard me say broker beef before? No. You don't watch any of my shit, Dave. I do. It's okay. I don't but watch I do. any of my shit either. Yeah, so I watch it. I have this thing called uh, broker beef, where I just feel like the overwhelming majority of brokers and, and even team leaders, so I'd say like 99.99%, not everybody, because there's a few select people that I think are really great, but they're just, they're not giving the agents what they need. 
they're not giving them the education to mm. get them a certain level. They're not giving them the day to day, right. you know, tools that they need and support that they need. I feel like as a realtor, you're just kind of like, oh, you have this license, you're thrown into it, go figure it out. Yeah. Where essentially you're really running your own business, which nobody teaches you how to do. You know, I didn't learn how to do it in, I went to three different colleges, I didn't learn how to do it. I went to, uh, you know, high school in a nice area, I didn't learn how to do it. So, you know, what do you see kind of lacking in the broker and team space? And then if you were to eventually open a team, what would you do different? Well, I think, you know, when you build a team of 20, 30 people, I think that's, that can get hard and tricky. And, and from what I'm I'm hearing, it's, you know, you don't want to feel like just the number and you want to be able to, I don't want, the, I, I want to be able to, obviously we all have our own shit going on, but I want to be able to answer them as much as I can in a timely manner. Um, I want to be able to spearhead them and, and give them the best guidance and what, what have, what have I have learned over the years. And, um, I guess, yeah, it's really just not for me. I don't, I don't think I've ever won a team of like 15, 20. I want to keep it a tight, tight, maybe five at most, and just be able to be there for everyone and mentor them and train them and uh, educate and just, you know, not, I just got to be able to support them really. And I don't want them to feel like, you know, they're not getting that. So I think for me, it's really just managing a smaller, you know, well-trained, just heavy hitters that, or that want to crush it, that are driven, motivated, and you know, that I could be there for, you know, like you ultimately said, um, you know, maybe not to, not to take the back seat, but to have, you know, folks that are really representing myself and my brand and just absolutely crushing it and servicing everyone that the way they need to be serviced. No, it, uh, it makes sense, man. It's yeah. just, um, so, what do you think, like, what would you say to new agents that are coming into this? So you, you've been in the game for five years. No months, yeah. So market on the way up, had a little dip with COVID, but right after that, that was like a three month stall and then just took off like a rocket. Yeah. And it was just like, everyone's holding on for dear life. You know, what do you say to, what do you recommend to new agents that are coming in right now? What do you, where do you see the market going? what is kind of your plan as a go forward? Do you think this is gonna affect agents? Do you think a lot of people are just gonna leave the business, but they weren't even doing, they weren't doing business to begin with, so it doesn't really matter. You know, how do you survive in a turbulent market? What's your plan? Yeah, that's a good question for, I, you know, everyone, there's so many speculations out there right now of where the market's going. I don't think it's going to crash like in 2007, eight. I mean, it's not, we have, there's just too much demand and we don't have enough inventory. Obviously we've heard, everyone's heard this spiel. Um, so I think it's just, I'm seeing, like you said, over the last few weeks, everything I've listed, it's, it's nowhere near as crazy. It doesn't have, you know, whether I would, you would have 20 offers, 15 offers. Now I have, you know, under a handful. Um, it's also like, I think people, and I was thinking about this the other day, I don't want to get your opinion on it. And I'd have to look at like, the year over year numbers on this. I don't have them from, from what we do, but like the summer is historically slower. And especially, you know, you're coming into June, July. Right. It's July 4th, it's graduations, it's all that stuff. Sure. 
you know, I, I kind of remember every year being like, yeah, what's going on in the summer? Be like, oh, it's summer. People are like going on vacation. Oh, COVID's over, whatever. Now people can travel. I think that has a lot to, to do with it as well. I mean, obviously, listen, rates went from fucking two to six. Yeah. So that's a big deal. That's a big difference. That's yeah. definitely a big deal. <laughs> I mean, I've been checking the absorption rate numbers and there's still like no inventory. I think yeah. right now it's 1.8 months worth of inventory in Suffolk as of today and 2.2 months worth of inventory in Nassau, which is nothing. nothing. Right. And I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people come through. Um, I don't see people as quick to pull the trigger as they used to. Yes. I, um, I think there's just so much instability that people are kind of like, what goes on? Like, I have a lot of people that are saying like, I'm going to ra- wait for the rates to go down. And like, I don't think the rates are going right. down. You know, I don't know. I think they're going to go up, but like the Fed's been rate been dropping every single right. day. So oh, I don't, it's, it's fucking, <laughs> it's confusing. It, it is, it is. And and my advice to all my first time home buyers that say like, should we wait to rate for rates to drop? It's nah. honestly, no, it's like, no, because you could refinance you later. Could refi- if you, five and five. What are they at right now? Maybe five, five. Historically speaking, it's very low, bad. very low. So, you know, when your parents bought a house, it was 14 percent. Historically, um, over the last 30 years, the average is eight percent. I was going to say probably seven or eight. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, five and a half is low, man. Yeah. And you so, could buy rates down and all that. Exactly. So I think it's still a good time to buy. But just to take it back for what you said on new agents, you know, yes, over the last few years, everyone saw just green in real estate um, and everyone in their mother got their license. And I quite frankly think it's too easy to get your license. I think they need to make it a little bit harder. Um, but yes, I do think all the, a lot of those folks will drop off. Uh, and then for new agents, my best advice is, you know, you really, if, if, if you want to be somewhat successful, you know, I had a part-time job my first three months while in real estate. And I quickly realized that there's, you can't, you have to be at everyone's beck and call. You literally, you have to be, you know, like you said, you have to all be in, an inspection, all or, all you have to be an appraisal. Yeah, it's all or nothing. So after three months, I was like, you know what? You have to go full-time. So my best advice is if you're going to do it, go all in and and work the shit out of your sphere. Like drill constantly to friends and family. I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before, but like I constantly you, it's just just constantly staying on top, you know, in front of their face. And that's that's truly what I think, you know, be the, you know, greet everyone, smile everywhere. That's just what I do. And, you know, you make connections. Yeah, it just hit them with your elevator pitch, <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah, I always, uh, it's interesting because you and I have a very sim- a similar philosophy and I've been saying this stuff for years. I'm like, it's very important that everybody you meet, you tell them exactly what it is that you're doing. 100%. So say, this is my dreams. This is what I'm doing now. This yep. is where I want to go. And then you actually listen to them and ask them, Hey, what are your dreams? What are you looking right. to do? How can I help you? And then you actually give a shit enough about it to see if you can help them achieve right. their goals. And it's a very selfless thing because a lot of times somebody can't do anything for you, no big deal, but you can do something for them. That's fantastic. Yep. You don't know how that ends up impacting you yep. later on down the road. It's, it's so true. And don't be a sleazy salesman. Don't be a car salesman. Um, you know, that I've seen that, that in this industry, there's some people that just, I, know, I feel like they need a sales one-on-one course. But um, yeah, truly care what you just said, truly care and listen to your clients' wants and needs, um, and yeah, and you'll be successful. 
I think somewhat. <laughs> um, but yeah. Now listen, man, I, um, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Top 20 under 40, extremely impressive career. I mean, insane comeback story. Thank you. I, you're still very young. You have a lot of time. So I'm excited to, you know, have met you and connected with you and excited to see what goes on in, uh, in the future. Best of luck at Compass. And, uh, maybe we're foreshadowing a possible team in the future. Maybe it might be a little bit more than foreshadowing. So listen, if anybody is interested, obviously in buying a house, selling a house or having the conversation about being part of what you do in a team capacity, how do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? You could reach me at uh, Kenny Gets Homes on Instagram. Uh, that is that is the handle <laughs> or 631-902-6266. Hit me up. And thank you so much to this handsome gentleman with his beautiful fedora for letting me uh, come on and speak today. Nah, I appreciate it, man. It's great to connect. Um, like I said, we need one more person to round out the real estate rat pack. We'll get a brainstorm on this. And, and uh, <laughs> if you're out there and you're thinking that you might be a good fit, definitely DM us. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, if I have a house that smells like cat pee, you know I want to buy it. 516-777 sold. The captain's got you back. And we just put on the Hampson Home Buyer website. If you have buyers that are looking for properties, we have sections of what's listed for sale. We have sections of stuff that is under construction coming to market. So kind of a cool new thing that we're playing around. So you go to handsomehomebuyer.com, Handsome's Homes, three different categories of under construction, on the market, and recently sold. Check it out. Awesome. Later, guys. We're done. <laughs>